Cola faithful, and welcome to the Game Cola podcast. This is podcast number 119, living the dream for the final time. And with me today, I have a lovely group of people who should introduce themselves. Hey guys, it's Coley. Currently, my cat is trying to snuggle me, though. <laughs> Hi, it's James Felster, and uh, I close my door so my cats don't interrupt me while I'm recording. And I'm Joseph Martin. I don't remember if I said that before, and if I did, I'm going to cut this out of the podcast. And we're here <laughs> yeah. today to talk to you about when we always talk about these times of years and these times of things. Nintendo Direct came out. It was a big one. There was a lot of stuff to talk about, and I think the first thing on everyone's minds, everybody wants to hear everyone's opinions on this, Super Smash Brothers, maybe five, maybe not. What do you guys think? I think it's not five. I'm pretty sure it's just a port of Smash 4. I don't know. Look, Looking at some of the, the stuff, obviously, I don't think they had really much if any, in-engine footage, but, like, I mean, obviously Smash 4 is not really that new of a game, but I I still feel like it's probably just gonna be a port. I'll fight you on that one. Because I don't don't think it's going to be, only because of the fact that, like, I mean, look how many things they've already ported, right? They've ported a lot of things already, like, they're porting Hyrule Warriors, and they are port- well, they're- I can't remember what other Mario Kart, yeah, uh, Mario Kart Eight. Well, yeah, but they've already done a lot of ports, so it it yeah. It, it, the reason I mainly think that is because in the trailer they mainly just highlighted like the the main focus of that trailer is just oh look here's these couple of new characters. But you know Nintendo's not going to reveal their whole hand right away. That would be well, dumb. no. It's like oh here's every character ever. Well, no, they no no that would that wouldn't make any sense. But also uh. Because, I mean, like I said, I think that they've already, they've been doing a lot of ports, so that kind of makes me feel like that they want to have that opportunity to actually make a game instead of just lazy, lazy, porty, porty nonsense and just port it over. But lazy, lazy, porty, porty makes lots of money. Uh, yeah, I don't know, Coley. Look I at think, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. The fact that they've ported so many games to me seems like the opposite like that would give more credit to oh this is just another port porting another good game for the wii u like i'm not yeah, saying look, i'm not saying at, it's look a at bad this, look at all this money that they can make by porting this game from a console that not necessarily many people are going to have to a console that way more people are going to have oh, right i just think that it takes like more... that was the reason they ported mario kart 8 i just think it takes more time resources to make a game you know down up from just porting well, yeah. over is my point. So they're opening themselves to more time. I don't see why that's an argument for why this is. Oh, you're saying you're saying it shouldn't have taken this long if it was just going to be a port. Yes. But, oh, I see. Oh, I see. Okay. I guess, well, yeah, I guess, but also, I mean, heck, Luigi's Mansion is being ported to 3DS. Lego Dimensions? Is that what you said? No, I said Luigi's Mansion is being oh, ported Lego to 3DS. Dimensions, yes. If you want to talk about... <laughs> I heard you write the first time. Yeah. Alright, so yeah, but I mean, if you're gonna say, you know, and I think that in and of itself kind of proves that they don't necessarily spend all of that time, like, the, nobody said that Nintendo has been working on a port of Smash Brothers since the day the Switch came out. This may, they may not have started work on the port until a couple months ago, or, you know, like six months ago. Cause I mean, obviously, Nintendo has not been working on this port of Luigi's Mansion since the system came out, or since Dark Moon came out. 
It's 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 just a more recent port. So I I still feel like it's very possible that this game could be coming out this late in, you know, you know, a year after the Switch has been around and also still be a port. I'm going to be a contrarian that everybody hates. I'm going to be that guy. <laughs> I'm going to say I think it's both. But that's okay, okay. not I, how it works. I would say but, how, okay, how would it be now, both? How how do you have a game that's both new and a port? Now that you've had your moment of confusion, this is what I'm going to say. I think that once the game actually comes out, we're still going to be arguing, not you and me and Coley and James specifically, but like in general, we're going to be arguing about whether this is a sequel or a port. I think it's going to be the most similar sequel to a Smash Brothers game. If it is. Right. So like... The idea is that they're going to be, it's either going to be, people are either going to think it's a port that adds a lot of new content or a sequel that's very similar to its predecessor. Yeah. And I think that's, it's going to That's tone, assuming that there is a bunch of new content. We don't even know yet. I think that's what, the, but I, that's what I'm saying. I think that's what they're going to do. Mm. I think they're going to add a bunch of new stages and characters and like, not cut, adding new stages and characters isn't cosmetic, but it's like just adding more content, but it is still, like, a fundamental part of a new Smash game is, oh, cool, new characters. Ooh, cool, new stages and items and stuff yeah. like that. Mm -hmm. But I think the core underlying game mechanics are going to be the most similar to the pre-scene game than any other Smash game was to its predecessor. Because, like, there's wild differences between the 64 Melee Brawl and Smash 4. And yeah. I think Smash 5's mechanics are going to be really similar to Smash 4. There's going to be a lot of similar iconography. Like, we're still using the same Smash Brothers logo with the fire. But I think it's going to add as much new, like, characters and stages as a new Smash game would. But it's not going to change the mechanics and underlying structure of the game the same way that sequels have in the past. That is what I think is going to happen. And I think some people, again, are going to say, this is a port with a lot of new content added. And some people are going to say, this is a sequel that's very similar to the original with some, you know, stark similarities. Yeah. Maybe, yeah, maybe so. It, it all depends really on whether the core, like, engine is really changed very much. Because, I mean, if the game looks like because if, if they've added new characters well they did that to mario kart 8 deluxe they added new characters they added new okay stages. okay but just to stop you right there for a second adding new characters to mario kart 8 is very different than adding new characters to smash is it though it's called dlc in the wii u it's called dlc in the rest of the gaming industry right but like in terms of how you play the game it's it's purely cosmetic adding a new character it can be Adding a new character can be pretty much cosmetic in Super Smash Bros. Yeah. But it's not it's n not the same way that it is in Mario Kart. In Mario Kart, it's just another skin that you can put on a light. Yeah, it's just another heavy, heavy, another medium or another lightweight. It's not like, oh, this is a fighter with their own moves. But then but then what does that make the 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 bonus characters like from stuff in in Smash 4? Like the the other characters that they added in there. I would say the the threshold for me would be bulk. Um, would be honestly, if any characters don't come back, that would be telling because it wouldn't like think about it. Would you consider it a port if they didn't take all the characters from the original game and put them in the new game? Which seems like a backwards yeah, that's, thing. That's, because that's a good point. That like that would be that would be weird, right? Because 
That would be a pretty telling thing. The good thing would be to have all the same characters that you had before, but that would also make it more likely for people to call it a port. So it yes. seems funny that removing content would be the thing that makes it no longer a port. Yeah, well, rather because than a adding port content. would be you you literally copy-paste, and then an enhanced port would be you copy-paste and add some extra stuff on top. In so order what for is it to really be a port, port, it would need to be at least it would need to be at the very least have all of the stuff that was in the original. You know, unless it was like horribly broken or something, or just doesn't work on a new system, right. for instance. If I were to go the most po- the most port, on, if you, if we're talking about a scale of port to sequel, the furthest to the port side that I can see them going with this is maybe like five new characters. Because we've already got Splatoon. Breath of the Wild Link might just be a skin, reskin. And we, we don't know what else. So only a few new characters. All the same old characters. And then adding in the 3DS stages. I'm pretty sure, considering like what they did with... um What is Is it Hyrule Warriors where they did that? Where they added in... They just combined the 3DS and Wii U uh, elements of Hyrule Warriors together. I think I, I think it's almost a given that they're gonna do that with whatever Smash. If it's a port, they're gonna combine. They're gonna take both uh, anything from the 3DS and from the Wii U and put them into the same thing. I think that's a given because it's just so easy. Yeah. But I'm banking on that they're at, that they're gonna try to market it as an enhanced sequel rather than an enhanced port, like a very similar sequel is what at least what they're gonna market it as. Will people agree on that when it comes out? I don't know. I might not agree with Nintendo when that comes out. But that's what I think is going to happen. I think it's going to be something that toes the line a little more. And it's not going to be this binary, either it's a port or it's a sequel. But I might be wrong. But that's just what I think it is going to be. Interesting. Now that we've talked about that, (laughs) I think we've said... I think we've said all the things we wanted to say about that. Let's move on to the, the two other particularly relevant um, elements of this Nintendo Direct that came out earlier in March. Uh, the two games that were talked about in their Direct but have since come out. We'll start with Detective Pikachu because that'll be shorter because none of us have played it. Um, but I've seen a lot of trailers for it. It's got the giant amiibo, which if you haven't seen that, you should go look, you should go look it up because it's weird. You should also look up the trailer of this game because this game is a very strange video game. Yeah, it's so bizarre. I definitely like the idea of it, but I don't know if it would be fun in practice. It's like Pokemon Mystery Dungeon, like, meets mystery novel kind of thing. Like, that's, that's the closest thing I can, like, equate it to. How is it? Okay. Why, how do you feel it's like Mystery Dungeon? I'm curious. Well, I mean, because, you know, it's talking Pokemon. I, I think that's a very loose connection. I mean, that's why I said that's the Pokemon. best thing I can come up with. I can't think <laughs> okay. of anything else. Okay. Um, I don't think it's, I think it's gonna, honestly, it's probably gonna be like Professor Layton Phoenix Wright kind of game, if anything. Like a puzzle, like maybe not, not like literally like solve puzzles and like these really segmented stuff. Mm-hmm. And obviously I don't think there's going to be courtroom stuff, yeah. but I think it's going to be gonna very be... like puzzle based. I mean, it is going to be, it is, but just like, have you listened? Have you seen the trailers? guys? I, I have heard, Ugh, I, yes. I've heard the voice. I know what Pikachu's voice is. I know, like I recognize the voice actor and it's bizarre to me because I am so used to that voice actor playing a completely different kind of character. Like, like, like I know the voice actor from one specific role. He plays Yasuhiro Hagakure in uh, Danganronpa. 
and he's just like total like stoner uh he's supposed to be like a kind of like hippy dippy uh fortune teller dude like he's just like whoa far out man so whenever i just hear that voice i just automatically associate it with that character and so seeing and so hearing that voice come out of pikachu is just so bizarre to me it's just nintendo doesn't know how they want to portray pikachu's voice like in the movie, because there was like a movie that they like what redid or something, and oh yeah, and there, Pikachu friggin' talked at the end. Yeah, and he's like, "Oh, I heard that. That was Ash. so weird." And it was like, "Whoa, what voice that is this for so Pikachu?" Weird. And then in Detective Pikachu, like, I'm walking. It's like, "Whoa, why do we have this like gruff, weird?" I, Pikachu? I think it's, it's supposed joke. to be a very different universe from what I've. Yeah, heard. I think that's the joke. Like you've got this cute little cute thing that says like pika and is like really high pitched and then you give it like this really gruff just like a man voice of like oh <laughs> yeah the japanese version is like that too the japanese version also has like a super gruff like just <sighs> deep voice and it is it, it i think it is meant to be like a very bizarre i think the the whole the bizarreness of it is is intended to some extent. I will say that for the, the thing that you brought up, Coley, because I did look into that after that sort of whole thing, I think it was like a, it was just like a translation issue that they couldn't deal with because in the anime version, in the Japanese version of the movie, they just had the person who voiced Pikachu actually speaking. And so it's like, oh, that's actually Pikachu speaking. That's the actual voice of Pikachu, the same person who goes Pika all the time. And so it kind of works better, but... And then usually in the dub, they just keep that because Pikachu just says Pikachu. Okay. You don't need to hire a whole new voice actor for that. But then, but let... then when Pikachu speaks English, you have to get someone else to do it. <laughs> and it or, doesn't work. I, I think some of the times Pikachu is like spoken in some of the, I don't know, like there was some promo material or something like, I think Pikachu's voice actress, the Japanese voice actress does like, has like occasionally done English lines. Or Maybe Pikachu. I I could be wrong. I just I could have sworn I remembered that Pikachu voice saying something in English. I'm sure there's been like promotional material where they've gotten people to do English voices, but the I think the difference would be that it's never juxtaposed with the original. Well, like, but, but the, I mean, yeah, Japanese that's voice. yeah, that's the whole difference. But well, in the that's... in the English dub of the movie, it had to be juxtaposed with the actual voice actor, and so it was really jarring. Okay, but then, like, alright, I have a question for you then. Why Why do you think Nintendo has suddenly felt the need to try and give Pikachu a voice? Probably just because they want to, like, have, open up the potential to have different spin-offs and stuff where Pikachu can talk? I don't know. I mean, like, do you mean in the movie, or do you mean... No, in uh, general. Okay, in general, because, I mean, the movie was like a... I, I have no idea why they decided to do that, because that was almost like a one-off thing. With the Detective Pikachu game, like, they, I think they've kind of made it clear that it's, like, this is, like, some alternate universe or something. In, in which case, I, I don't know, it's just, it's a very bizarre concept. I don't know who came up with it, or, you know, how this game in general came to be, really. I mean, if anything, it just, again, it opens up potentially more marketing opportunities like oh look at this now you can buy the all-new talking pikachu action figure or whatever it is i don't know 
I don't know if you could call those two instances, though, like, a particular push to have Pikachu. Yeah, like, this. these are two, like, just totally, like, out of nowhere. Like, nobody was expecting this, and it doesn't seem like... And it, and like, like, Nintendo, and they're both, aside from that one weird thing at the end of that Pokemon movie, this game in and of itself seems to be very distanced and isolated from mm-hmm. the rest of the Pokemon franchise. Like, for the most part, I mean, it has all the characters and that kind of stuff in the same general universe, but, like, we have not seen an episode of the anime, for instance, or any of the, the games where Pikachu just speaks in English. So when when if that starts to happen, then I would then I would start to question. Then that that's when I would start thinking that they're trying to push push this as something that is just going to be normal from now on. I think as it stands, I I feel like it's still more meant to just kind of be a one off or you know two off. Let's move on because I think we've said enough about a game that we haven't played. Coley, uh, you've, did you say that you've played at least the demo of Star Allies, or you've mm-hmm. looked into it a lot? Or? I own it, and... Oh, you own it? Yes. And you've played it? I haven't beaten it, but I've gotten a good portion of the way through. Okay. Um, let's argue about it, because cool. I haven't played it, but I've heard a lot of negative things about it, and I imagine you have some positive feelings okay. about it. Or maybe you have negative feelings. I don't know. You just usually like Kirby games. It's um, it's both. I'm going to argue with you about it. Go for it, fam. Yeah, Joe argues with everyone. You can't say go for it. You have to start. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, one, I think, like... The I most... disagree. Okay, cool. And, and let's go to the next segment. Um, All right, next so... topic. <laughs> um, one of the things I will say that like really caught my attention about Kirby Star Allies was the art. The game is very gorgeous. Like, it just looks phenomenal. And I think it was a pretty cool idea to add, like, the friend thing, because you can do so many things with it. Like, there's a segment where you get into a warp star, and you can switch between the different abilities of your team, and you can go with that. You can turn into, like, this giant friend ball and just bulldoze over everything. You can make a bridge, and, like, you can get this little... Key waddle D to get across gaps so you can open the door. So they did some really cool things with that, and also combining power ups, I think, was a pretty cool idea as well. Because instead can I, of can I ask a can yes. I ask a question about that? Like, to what extent does combining power ups work? Is there like a limited set, or can you combine like any power, or like what's the ratio on that? It's kind of selective. I found that more characters that have like a weapon, like for example, sword, um combines with more than like other things like other things just tend to be more of a support based kind of thing if that makes sense like for example i can have a sword and i can combine it with um ice with chili and i can get like the blizzard sword but then with fire you can't combine anything with fire in the terms of oh i'm fire kirby i'm gonna have like an like one of my guys give me some of their power up it's oh hey look Ninja Kirby, I'm gonna use my fire on him so he can be, you know, like, have this fiery sword. Fire Ninja. Yeah. I I can't remember the exact name for him. Because they, like, have their own kind of, like, thing. They have their combo names. Yeah. So it seems like it's, like, the base abilities, and then you can use, like, the elemental abilities to power up the base abilities. So it's not as much Kirby 64 as it is maybe more like uh, Kirby Squeak Squad. 
I mean, like, there are some things where it doesn't have to be, like, for example, if you have, like, water and ice, like, sometimes you can fire icicles, so you can do stuff like that, but no, it's kind—it's a little bit more limited than that, I would say. Okay. At least it sounds like it's in between 64 Crystal Shards um, mm-hmm. and then Squeak Squad, because Squeak Squad, it was, like, the sword could be combined with fire, ice, and electricity, and the bombs could be combined with ice and electricity and that was sort of it you you couldn't combine fire and bombs you couldn't have fire <laughs> no bombs they would that just blow up explode you, um you can do water and bombs which is kind of funny i'm pretty sure water, you can but yeah so yeah I, it sounds like it's more in depth but not quite as in depth it's like i was kind of middle. hoping it would be like kirby 64 where there's at least just some like useless ones but like literally everything can be combined yeah, no, not not everything can get, can yeah can be combined. Is there a refrigerator, Kirby? Yes, there is. So okay, to get is it ice and electric? No. So basically, it's not refrigerator Kirby in the sense of refrigerator Kirby. So you have to be the artist, and you can paint on a canvas because you know you can do. There are canvases that you can paint on that give you stuff, or like Kirby just as. When he's a paint, the artist, he can put canvases down and, like, draw on them and, like, have, like, whatever drawing attack them. So, like, sometimes it's Meta Knight, sometimes it's Deity, sometimes it's Bandanity. But you can also, like, he puts the canvas down, he's like, refrigerator, and you get food. Where, where did the Bandanity come from? He's been around for a while. Yeah. Like, his, uh... like where, where, where did he come from? Like, I, I, I saw him in the trailer and I was like... That guy looks familiar, but I'm like, but what game is he from? And like, and, and since when has he been like this massive fan favorite character for him to so like the, the make timeline, his grand return? The timeline of his character is in Kirby 64. There was you got like teammates sort of throughout the game, and originally you were supposed to be able to play as them, but then they got just sort of sectioned off into these particular level things where you would do stuff with them. Um, but uh, one of the characters that sort of befriended you was this Waddle Dee, and he was just a regular Waddle Dee. Um, and, you know, like, sometimes he would give you food, or there were, like, certain, like, on-rails, like, cart-riding sections that you would do with him. Um, and then, in, I think, coming off of that from Kirby Return to Dreamland, they sort of went, they were going very much for a Kirby 64 vibe in that sense, I think. So you, because they bring back, uh, you know, DDD. And then they bring back a Wildy character, but they wanted to make him a little more iconic. So they give him a bandana, and they give him the new spear ability so that it gives people familiarity with one of the new abilities. Um, and then they replace the painter uh, with Meta Knight, um, because Meta Knight's cool, even though I do like the painter a lot. And I think that's sort of where, I think that's where Bandana D specifically comes from in that game as like a fourth player. And then Kirby's Star Allies is basically as much of a direct sequel to um, Kirby Returns to Dreamland as, like, any other game. Like, it's very clearly, like, based off of that style with, like, the four-player thing. I think you can even play as Meta Knight, King Dedede, and Waddle Bandana D, right? Yep. There yeah. is the, like, uh, Dream Palace, and uh, you can go into the Dream Palace, and you can... I, I think it does, like, a kind of, like, roulette as to who you're going to get. Like, you don't have them right off the bat. You kind of, like, have to meet them, and then it eventually, it'll prompt a thing, like, you can see blah 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 in the Dream Palace and be friends with him, and, you know, he'll he'll come on adventures with you. I see, so you have to sort of unlock it. 
Yeah, so you, like you're not gonna have DDD like right from the start. Like, all right, DDD, let's and go fight another you. Question, another question I had um, was in Returns to Dreamland, you can have everybody play as Kirby. Is that something you can do in this game? I don't know because I don't. I've never actually played with somebody else, but I don't think so. I think what it is is that you, I, you know, befriend somebody and player two just takes that one because I'm pretty sure. In the commercials, it was like that, too. That it wasn't any other Kirby. It was just the one. And then all, you know, player two, three, and four were just your buddies. Mm. I just didn't know if, like, maybe they didn't put it in the promotional material just to focus on the new mechanic. I'm not sure. I feel like sure. in Return to Dreamland, they also didn't really show that you could, oh, by the way, the other players can also play as Kirby. Um. So what what else did you think about the game? Um, I like some of the animation choices that they did. Like, I, some of them are just really adorable. Like, for example, when you jump into, like, a thing, like a puddle of water or something, like a, a body of water, I don't know why I said puddle, um, he, they get, like, little floaty devices, and they are adorable. Like, when I first saw Waddle Dee in a little floaty, I, like, lost it, because I thought it was, like, the cutest thing ever. And there's also a part to... In one of the stages where there is a Waddle Dee, like, on this palm tree, just, like, sleeping. And I was like, oh my god, like, I have a soft spot for, like, cute animation-y stuff. So I was like, oh my god, this is adorable. <laughs> but yeah, they, they did, I think, just a phenomenal job with um, animation and just overall level graphic design. It's just gorgeous. Did you, um, play Return to Dreamland? I can't remember. I've played like I've played some Kirby games, but not all of them. So the ones that I have and have not played kind of like blur together in my mind. It's like, oh, Kirby is a pink blob. <laughs> have you played the other four-player Kirby game? <laughs> I feel like Maybe. you would remember if you had. I mean, like, because like the floating, like the the just because like the Waddle Dee and like the Kirby floating in a little inner tube when you jump in the water is also from that game. Um, I don't was so was Amazing Mirror also a multiplayer game potentially? Yeah, but it was weird. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, and it was definitely a, like, not in the on, same was way. Was Amazing Mirror or was the uh, the other one? Amazing Mirror was the one with like the cell phones, wasn't it? The one with the phone. Yeah, like where Kirby yeah. had to like call his friends on the phone or something. I liked that yeah, one. that was weird. And you yeah, can do it all the time. Weird. Is that a or DS game like or that. was that a GBA game? I think it was a GBA it was, game. It's Game Boy Advance, yeah. Okay. It's a maze. It's weird. I didn't really like it very much. I didn't really like the maze level structure, but that's that's a pod. That's for a different podcast. Um, <laughs> I still don't think Kirby has ever had a bad game. It's definitely my least favorite. Like they they're like mediocre, yes, but bad. I don't think so. Anyway, so I, I agree that from what I've seen, the visual presentation looks stunning. Which is yeah. to be expected because they did a really good job in that. Mm -hmm. In other oh, yeah. modern Kirby games, and also in particular, Returns to Dreamland had a really good visual style. Um, mm -hmm. What did you think of gameplay? Easy. Too very easy. It's a Kirby game. They hand you out lives all the time. Easy for a Kirby game, even. No, no. I would. I will agree. I've from what I've seen of this, this Kirby game is particularly easy. Oh, like it's not wow. just regular easy, regular Kirby easy. It's very, very, because very Because you wow. can get lives by, like, you know, getting 100 stars, but they have stars literally everywhere. So mm -hmm. it's, like, super easy to find them, pick them up. Yeah, collectibles are a lot more plentiful. 
the only time that I've ever died was by just outright doing stupid things where I was sitting there and I was like, oh, I shouldn't have died to that boss, but oh, I wasn't watching my health and I was literally just letting him hit me and I was running into stuff because I was just like, oh, well, it doesn't matter. I've got like 80 some other lives, so what's losing one when wow. I like, yeah, no, I'm not kidding you. Like I have, I think, a good 80 lives in the game because it's not really hard to, I mean, there are some parts that do get a little bit tiny bit challenging but not even like that hard i think there was one part that i got stuck at and by stuck at i mean i died three times and that was it <laughs> other than that it's been pretty much like smooth sailing where oh boss fight okay i died once well let's not be stupid next time let's watch health let's watch where projectiles are going and we'll just take it from there but yeah mm -hmm. it's just they hand out lives they're everywhere because not only are there the stars there are also the actual one-ups that you can find. It's like, but I don't need it. <laughs> Stop wow. it. Also, I've heard that the secrets have been a lot easier to find yes. and collect in this game, too. Absolutely. That was the sort of, the dynamic that Kirby games used to have was, yeah, just playing the game and beating it is really easy, but if you want to get all the collectibles, there's some actually pretty tough challenges, and that does not seem to be the case with Star Allies. So, you know how normally with the door to go to the next part of the level, you know how it's like yellow stars? Mm -hmm. If there's some kind of secret, usually it's like an orangey-red kind of star or pattern right, yeah. around it. That, so it's kind of like... returns to Dreamland, too. Yeah. So it's like, go here. There's a secret here. They're not really hard to find. It's not like they're really hidden. It's like, oh, hey, look, there's this branching path. <gasps> oh, my God! There's a door here. Who would have guessed? And you go inside, and you're like, yep, there's switched right out in the open. Click. Right, because I remember even in Kirby Returns to Dreamland, like, there were some where it's like, oh, yeah, there's the door, but, like, oh, you've got to outpace this thing carrying the key to the thing that lets you get in, and sometimes that could be tricky, just to, like, do it fast enough. Mm -hmm. Or, like, um, you have to get past this challenge where you have to carry something, and so you don't have access to your abilities. Um, or, like, you have to, like, time limits and stuff, or, like having really particular powers that it's easy to lose on the way to the door oh, or yeah, the secret no. or whatever. There but are some not... times when you're in the secret room, the power you need is literally sitting right there. It is not even an enemy. It's just, Man. hey, tap the thing. You got the power. Now there you go. I mean, they do make use of the combining two abilities a lot because those are super helpful in getting some of the secrety stuff. But still, it's... Not like, oh, I gotta go back another time when I've got both of these power-ups with me. Just go out the door, find the one that you need, come back, boom, you're done. That's one of the major complaints I've been hearing about the game, even from Kirby fans, is that it's, like, really, really easy. It's just, yeah. I mean, other than that, it's I still think it's a pretty decent game, but it's just mm -hmm. so easy. I think it would be a lot more fun to play with people because then at that point, the fact that it's easy isn't as big of a deal and you can mess with it. It gives you more flexibility to mess with each other. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. I cannot tell you how inundated my YouTube feed has been with Kirby Star Allies like videos. Like there is no end to it. Like, yeah. so clearly, like, like, this this game clearly lends itself, in at least in some extent, or, you know, perhaps at least for a short amount of time, to just this super kind of just rompy, like, having fun with a bunch of friends kind of play style. Which works well for the Switch, <laughs> to be yeah. honest. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, 
So yeah, I guess we'll just have to see going forward how general opinion sort of settles on this. It's been, it hasn't been that long. I don't know. Is there anything else, Coley, that you wanted to add? Those were sort of the, I already sort of brought up the other things that I thought so about. I don't, I don't think there was really anything else that really caught my eye other than that. Okay. So now let's just, to, to wrap things up, because we're a decent way into the podcast, um, I'm just going to go through the list of games that were sort of talked about on the Nintendo Direct. If you're an audience member listening, um, if I've skipped one, that's probably just because I asked and we didn't have anything to say about it and we skipped it. So um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, Mario and Luigi Bowser's Inside Story first, I think. Uh, Heck yeah. You were talking about that before. James, oh yeah. Um, are you? What? How are you feeling about th- this coming out on 3DS? I mean, it's. I'm kind of mixed. Like, I, I am, I am still excited because I, I'll, I'll be honest. It's mostly the the art style uh, that I'm that that I dislike about these series. Like, I am not a fan of the the 3DS uh, Mario and Luigi series art style. I mean, obviously, I'm biased because my favorite art style is the is Bowser's Inside Story. Like that is my favorite art style and just general aesthetic that the series has had. But I I really like the original Bowser's Inside Story. Ask me anytime, like ask me anything about it. It is one of my favorite games ever, and being able to play it on my 3DS with you know better looking, you know maybe higher res graphics. And potentially with extra scenes and, you know, bonus content, I, I I am looking forward to it. As much as I dislike the visual aesthetic, just the the chance to be able to play that game again, perhaps with just, you know, at the very least with a fresh coat of paint and, you know, with the, the new kind of sub mode, kind of like they did with uh, Superstar Saga uh, and the, the Bowser's Minions getting that old bonus mode tacked on, you know, and to get to see kind of like little almost kind of fan service moments, you know, kind of little references and other fun stuff that they throw in. I, I really enjoyed that in the Superstar Saga remake. So I, I am just generally, I would say overall, I am actually quite excited uh, to see that that's happening. I don't know why, however, they skip Partners in Time. Because if any of these games in the series needed a remake, it was Partners in Time. Can I ask a question? Yeah. <laughs> Go for it. Why does everybody hate Partners in Time so much? I don't now, let know. Me finish. Now let me finish. <laughs> I agree that it is of of the like uh, three first Mario and Luigi games. It's probably the worst. I haven't actually played much of Superstar Saga, but I have played like halfway through it with a with a friend's copy back in the day, and I played all of Bowser's Inside Story, which I agree is better. But I didn't think it was that much worse. Like, I would probably, like, I, I would might need to think about it, but at least relatively speaking, I would put, like, the rest of the series that I've played at, like, 8 out of 10, and in uh, Partners in Time at 7 out of 10. And it seems like, like, the game seemed in similar quality. It might be a little bit worse. But for some reason, everybody's like, yeah, no, that's the bad one. And, like, what do you, what, it's, <laughs> it's I've... just normal yeah i I don't i honestly don't get that like i i'm not a huge fan of partners in time but i like the game like it has tons of good stuff in there it's would i prefer you know several of the other games over it absolutely but do i think it is in any way a bad game no is it maybe 
not up to par with some of the, uh, you know, with, you know, the other two games. Yeah, but I, I wouldn't call it bad. It's got fantastic music, and, you know, as par for the course for the series, it has fantastic writing. You know, the writing is always amazing in these games. And the graphics are, although I'm not a huge fan of, like, the style, like, Mario and Luigi's sprites just, they just don't look quite right to me, but... Uh, like, the, the animations are all really well done, the, the bosses and the fights and, like, the combat is all still, you know, it's all intact, they added some new mechanics and stuff, and I liked what they did with a lot of the, the battle mechanics and such. I honestly don't know what it is, I, I can't remember, it's been a while since I looked up, you know, some, like, threads discussing why people didn't like that game, but I honestly think that is a severely underrated game and that's that's actually part of the reason why i said if any of these games in the original three mario and luigi series needed a remake it was partners in time because partners in time is the one that nobody played but it's also the game that everybody seems to dislike for no good reason and i think that game of all of of all three of them cuz superstar saga everybody knew about that game that's the first one that one honestly it was nice that it got a remake but it didn't necessarily need the extra exposure i think partners in time is the most due to get some extra exposure for audiences because i really think that, that that a lot more people if they could play if they would play that game they would see that it is not a bad game it's still a good game and i just it kind of boggles my mind that nintendo would skip right over it to remake bowser's inside story when arguably that's the best of the non-3ds mario and luigi games anyway yeah, I think I think uh, I'm looking at looking through here. There's a lot of ports, and I think we've kind of touched on ports enough for this podcast. And <laughs> just in general, with general Switch discussion, I think people mm-hmm. have a pretty good idea of how they feel about ports. So I'm going to try to focus on new games. Um, Octopath Traveler. Ooh. I just want to say real quick that it, it was cool to see the updates on this game. It looks interesting, like this whole eight player like thing. I think it's funny that I think they released the test title a little bit too early and now they're stuck with it because that's just what everybody knows the game as now and they can't change the name because i think they don't i think it was like this is a dumb name it's just really literal but it's our working title and then it's like oh yeah octopath traveler and marketing's like guys everybody already knows this game is called (laughs) octopath traveler we have to stick with this now and they're like uh i guess okay (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but um i think that's in- i think it'll be interesting to see how it develops and like how their mechanics and like double job system yeah works that sounds really cool but also like that's all i can really say about it because the game hasn't come out yet and they didn't go into a lot of detail about it but that definitely seems like an interesting concept the only thing i'll say about it is when they first announced um octopath traveler i was like meh looks all right but then at this uh, Nintendo Direct, when I looked at it again, I was like, actually, no, this game looks pretty good, and I'm probably going to get it. Another thing that we might want to talk about briefly, Mario Tennis Aces. Oof. Um, as someone who played the Game Boy Advance Mario Tennis, which is the one that everybody references, is like, had a weirdly in-depth single-player mode. <laughs> it's interesting to see like them trying to go all out with this tennis game. I don't know if I'll buy it. Oh, I want to. It's it's interesting to see them going, like, they're definitely, like, 
not pulling their punches. Like it's not just like, oh yeah, here's Mario with the tennis racket. Like they're really trying. Yeah, they're to be putting cool their all it. into it. Like oh, the racket can break, and yeah, like, I thought that was an interesting concept. And oh, mm-hmm. you can do like the aiming thing. Right, because they they don't want the games to go on forever. Right. Because when you're playing like a computerized, like digital thing, like this, they have to make it easier for you to hit because it's just like, did you press the button at the right time? Um, so I think this idea of like eventually, depending on how strong and aggressive you play, the game will have to come to an end. Um, I think that's an interesting move. I don't know if all this effort is going to pay off though. I don't see a lot of people who are like, yeah, tennis. I don't know. Like I, I loved tennis on the Wii. Like, that was, like, the last like, time I'd played it. I also thought that there was, like, remember the, what is it, the the Mario Strikers? Mm-hmm. Like, didn't that also get, like, a, a, a decent amount of hype behind it? Mario it Strikers did, Mario... Charged happened. Yeah, Mario Strikers was interesting because it was, like, kind of soccer, but they, like, tried to put this, like... Not just like, oh, it's Mario playing soccer. They went with this really, like, stylized, like... Yeah, super... It was, like, extreme... It was extreme it's, soccer. It's like they put a Shadow the Hedgehog coat of paint on a Mario <laughs> yeah, soccer Yeah, that's kind of... Yeah, kind of... It was just, like, a super... Ex, it's like, this is hardcore soccer. It's like... Mario Rocket League one. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's already kind of a thing. I think there are Mario skins for Rocket League. There are, but how funny would that be if you had, like, the characters? No, we're not getting into that. Yeah, oh, God. So that's that's I smell a bad Unity game in the making. If we hear more about it, we'll talk about it more, but uh, I think that's good. Uh, The other really big thing, they spent a lot of time on Splatoon 2. Oh, God. That must be doing really well. Splatoon must be doing really well for Nintendo because they put so they put all this DLC into it and they had all this pomp and circumstance and then it was related to the it, did anybody else while they were watching the Smash Bros while they were watching the Nintendo Direct and it got to the end like we have one more announcement and then it was like Splatoon and I was like we were just doing this for like 10 minutes I'll when be I, honest, I like do you mean like the the like the league or whatever like the open like thing for Splatoon I like when they when the lead in to Smash the Smash Brothers reveal where it was just Splatoon for a little bit. So when when I first saw that, what I just like saw the blue and the orange ink for a second I thought Portal and I'm like no, that makes no sense. <laughs> I was like no, they're not they wouldn't do that. But I mean, I don't know. To me it makes sense that they would like showcase, you know, the inklings to lead up to Smash because, you know, they put so much time and effort into Splatoon 2. Like, that game constantly gets, like, new weapons and maps and attention. Like, they do the Splatfest all the time, so, I mean, you know, they they put a lot of love into it, too, and the fans love them for it. It's just interesting because, like, this is, like, where I feel like an old man where I'm like, I'm not Splatoon 2's demographic. And I, I think it's cool that so people are so much into it, and I'm kind of excited in, like, I don't know, five years, ten years, however long it takes for stuff like this to happen, when we'll suddenly have a lot of people who are like, yeah, I played Splatoon and Splatoon 2 all the time growing up. It was so great. It was such a fundamental part of my childhood. Because, like, I feel like that's where we're leading, because it seems like such a solid brand for Nintendo now. I which know is so great many people who play it. Because ARMS was not that. <laughs> no. 
ARMS and Splatoon were sort of in, I feel like, in the same sort of, like, bucket of, like, we're gonna try some new things. And Splatoon 2 worked, and Splatoon worked, and ARMS did not. I think ARMS is like said, like, yeah, we're not adding anything else to this game. Well, I, <laughs> um, I actually, I saw part of the Nintendo Direct, like, was talking about, like, it was, was an invitational. Yeah, it was, but, they, but they've said, um, ARMS isn't getting any more new content. It was just like a, it was just like a tournament thing. Yeah. I mean, I think ARMS was kind of like, I don't know, I, ARMS, ARMS was a launch title. So I feel like ARMS was, like, meant... I, I don't think they necessarily planned for ARMS to do incredibly well. Or one Considering it's not matter. an established series, I feel like they probably didn't expect it to do super well. I don't know. I just feel like it was sort of in the same bucket as, Split, as Splatoon was originally, where they were trying to, like, have a new thing, and it just didn't hit the same way Splatoon did. Um, but I'm... I, I'm, I'm Psyched that, like, people are into it and it's getting this cool expansion stuff. I think what I've heard most people saying is that, like, how much? It's, like, $20 or something. And, like, people are like, it better be, like, you know, fairly substantial if it's going to be $20. But, uh, yeah, I think that's, I think that covers Nintendo Direct stuff. If you have any questions for us, obviously you can leave a comment on the podcast, send us an email, podcast at gamecola.net. We'll talk about that more later at the show notes. But um, I want to move on to the next big uh, topic thing, since we've spent so much time on this. Um, we got new details about the Mega Man TV show today. Yay. Yay. Um, Super I'm fighting send... robots. Wait, no. No, not that one. I'm going uh, to send you guys uh, an image in the chat. Oh, this yeah. image in Whoa. particular. What happened to his face? Well, what? <laughs> That looks like it. That looks like a bad Photoshop. Um, it's the composition of this picture, maybe not the best, but it does have a lot of interesting details. Um, and there's also been some interesting plot details that have been revealed. So first of all, this picture, which I may, I'll either include a link to it in the show notes, or uh, it'll be in the header image or something like that. We've got the Mega Man design, which is about what I expect. It kind of looks like X almost, like with the the little light uh, yeah. the gemstone on the end of his, uh, on the, the end of the little line think, in the middle of the helmet. I think they've been going for like a combination classic X design and then like... Yeah. Lots of smooth lines though. Yeah. I like think lots of smooth curves. I like that. It's like new Pokemon, like have you ever seen like if Charizard was made like now and it's got like all these extra details and stuff? Like, it's because, it's taking, like, saying, now wait, the original Mega Man, his simplistic design was really because of, like, the fact that he was an NES character and he needed to be able to be represented really clearly. But since you've got this medium, like, having these curved lines would also help, like, it, I think it'll help define shape and, like, you know, lines of action and, like, movement, like, all these curved, smooth lines really will, are probably helpful from an animation standpoint. Also, I think, like, the way the helmet wraps around his head, I think that's just going to be easier to animate. As someone who has tried to draw the the weird 3D, like, helmet that has, like, the little points that jut out under the chin, that doesn't read very well in a lot of cases. And so I think, like, making it this, uh, like, more strap-on, sort of, like, face cover. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's, like, it's a more, like, form-fitting kind of design. Mm-hmm. And I think it also speaks to, like, the idea of how, like, this is a transformation in, like, a suit. 
uh, looking at some of the the details for the press release, um, there's one line I gotta in say, particular. Fireman's design in the background looks really cool. Yeah, I, I like it's. De- they've definitely gone different. Like they're not um, like all the faces aren't the same anymore. Like especially in the original Mega Man, literally all of the Robot Masters had the, just this this one generic face. Yeah, like they they all had the same generic like sprite for their face, and it's mm-hmm. neat to see like. And Iceman's design, like, he looks like he's, like, super skinny and stuff, and is that a... I can't tell if that's a Lechman to the right of him in the image. I think most people are thinking it's either Bubble Man or Wave Man, because it looks like he's got flippers. Oh, yeah, you're right. And he... I mean, he's also blue, so, so it's who's like, the one up... Water. Oh, is that Hornet Man up up in the top left? <laughs> it's Mercy from Overwatch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then we got Drill Man. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I like, so, like, there's definitely, like, this thing where it's, like, the robot masters, but bigger. Um, yeah. that's sort of, you got that going on. Ice, Iceman looks kind of weird, but he's also small, so maybe it'll look yeah, better close up. Yeah, it's hard to up. see. There, so, looking at the promotional material, some interesting points. Um, the main character is named Aki Light, which we already knew, and it's not Rock which uh, might make sense for some other stuff that I'll talk about in a minute. But um, one of the things I noticed is that um, it says, Aki is a normal, upbeat schoolboy robot who has nanocore technology that allows him to transform into the mega-powered superhero Mega Man. So I don't know if this was, maybe they've gone back on this, maybe it's changed, or maybe they just weren't clear about it before, but Mega Man is a robot through and through. He does, they do talk about his alter ego, so I don't know if it's yeah, going to be like a secret. If he's, I don't know if he's going to be pretending to be human, or if he's just not going to be pretending to be Mega oh, Man, so or maybe like... it's maybe it's not a secret. Um, I feel like it's going to be like a secret though, because it just it just seems like the style of the show that they're going for, and the fact that they call it an alter ego. Oh, I, I, I don't know. I think, but well, yeah, I guess they alter ego, like I guess, does kind of imply secrecy, but also. See, the funny thing is, is that when you were explaining that, like, you said he has, like, nanocore technology, like, that actually made me think, like, for some reason, because uh, I do know that one of the, like, some of the writers for this are actually the writers from Ben 10, mm-hmm. and that actually, it seems like they're, I, I would guess that it, it's probably going to have at least some similarities to how that whole thing worked. Like, I don't know too much about Ben 10, I don't remember very much. But I would imagine that there's probably going to be some similarities to yeah. that show. Yeah. I, and, I think... and it seems like this concept of him, like, being a normal kid, quote-unquote, and then turning into Mega Man. I mean, obviously, you know, the whole being a, you know, a hidden superhero, that is not a, that is not a Mega Man or Ben 10 exclusive concept. That is not a new idea by any right. stretch of the imagination. That's, that is like a, a massive trope, even. But I kind of feel like they're pro- they might handle it kind of similar. Yeah, it's another thing because here later and it says it sort of restates. I don't know some of these this in this particular press release. It's kind of redundant, but it says um, who discovers that deep within his programming lies the secret protocols that can transform him into the powerful Mega Man. So like, there's going to be some mystery there. We haven't we haven't heard from like Doctor how Doctor Light factors in. To this um there's also new so rush is going to be there we still haven't seen rush but they've been they've been very adamant that rush is going to be in this show they've said that from like the very beginning but that's the only one that they've mentioned <laughs> then we've got mega mini which if you've done research into some of the like leaked promotional material that sort of made it around 
that I don't want to show because I think like they've people who have been posting it have been getting asked to take it down. Um, but if if you've seen it, you've seen Mega Mini. It's interesting. I think it's just going to be like I think it's just going to be a character that helps help state what's going on with the superpowers a bit. Like, um, it seems to be like he's like in Mega Man's brain, quote unquote. And, like, might be responsible for, like, hey, I need this weapon. And he's like, okay, I'll go do that, Mega Man. Hmm. And maybe just, like, a visualization to help younger kids understand what's actually going on. And then they've also bring up a character, which I don't know if they've brought up before, named Sunalite. Sunalite? I think Suna, because I think they're going for the Japanese vibe. (laughs) And Suna sounds a little silly. I don't know if that's replacing role. Um, Some people have thought that the angel mercy looking character in the top left of this picture is soon light um it suggests that she is either so that's not hornet man in the top left i don't know because that 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 that's like the first thing i think of is like hornet man when i see that like with the like the wide base like i don't know maybe but it looks kind of more like a dress than a stinger well i didn't say it was a stinger it's, it's like it, it's not it's like a kind of a well, actually, yeah, I guess that isn't really too similar, but... I mean, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe it is. It looks more like Vespi Queen than Hornet Man. <laughs> I don't know if it's going to be, uh, like, role. The fact that they share a last name makes it seem like they're related in some way. I don't know if they're going to go straight for the brother-sister angle, or if they're just going to be both have been made by Dr. Light. I really hope they don't go the love interest route personally but that's just me especially if they have the same last name that would be weird <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> um mm. but that might be like their answer to role especially since they haven't brought it up and it would make sense if they were going to change role's name that they would also change Mega Man's name from rock because that wouldn't make any sense yeah. without roles role being role wouldn't make sense without rock being rock so that that might be it um, though, if that if that is soon a light up in the top left, they that's a pretty drastic change. Like even like even looking at the changes that they did to the other robot masters, like that's that's very different. So that just might be a female robot master that they've added for the show, which would be neat. Um, that's sort of it. Uh, they we're expected to get more details in April. Um, because they've been talking about uh showing it at a at, there's a certain uh tv show trade show sort of event in about when after this podcast comes out it'll be in about a week and it's it's just like tv shows um and it says it's going to air in cartoon network sometime later this year uh i wouldn't necessarily trust that soup a uh, whole lot uh because i think it was stated at some point that the show is going to be out last year so i don't know I don't know what's going on with that, but that's sort of the update to this. So yeah, uh, I'm excited though. Um, I think I'm going to be into it. Like I've said before, like I like Ruby, I like the Ruby Spears Mega Man, you know, warts and all. Uh, even if this is like quote unquote a bad show, I think I'll still enjoy it. Um, and it's just really cool to be getting Mega Man content, especially with Mega Man 11 also coming out sort of around this time. Like, even if it's bad, I think I'll still enjoy watching it. But, yeah, that's, I'll keep you, I'll be sure to keep you updated with anything else that I know, uh, going forward. Um, and with that, uh, why don't we move on to games we've been playing in recent times? Um... Have we been playing games in recent times? (laughs) I mean... 
I have been playing, I, I've recently started playing uh, both Persona Q on the 3DS, which I've been enjoying, and I've also uh, recently started uh, Shin Megami Tensei 3 Nocturne on uh, PS2. Have you have you been enjoying those video games? Yes, quite a bit. <laughs> I just don't really have, well, I mean, I've been enjoying Persona Q. I, I only just started uh, Nocturne, and it's just very bizarre. Why is it called Persona Q? Because they couldn't say, per, because they didn't want to go full Kingdom Hearts and go Persona 3 and 4, or 3 dash 4, or 3 divided by 4, or whatever stupid name they do. That could have, 3.5 would have been at least okay. Well, I guess, but... As someone who likes the, the Lion King 1.5. I don't know, that makes, that makes it sound more like it's a sequel to 3. I don't know. Uh, it's not a sequel to 3. It has the characters from 3, but it also has all the characters from 4. I just call it Persona Q, uh, well, because the full name is Persona Q Shadow of the Labyrinth, so I usually just call it Persona Shadow of the Labyrinth, mm. which is, I it, actually, I don't think that's a very common thing. I don't think most people call it that, but that's just what I call it, just because... So how does it, so it's it's sort of like a, a thing that relates Persona 3 and 4 together? Yeah, I don't actually know whether it's can I think it might be canon. I don't remember if it is cuz it's if it is it might just be retconned at the end or whatever. I really don't know. Because it's basically just, you know, the characters from Persona 3 and Persona 4 are like just sucked into a new dimension or something and like they have to work together. It's basically just a fan service game for fans okay. of Persona 3 and or Persona 4 and it had it, it just complete with a completely new dungeon like mechanic system so they 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 just completely overhaul like the the way you explore dungeons and stuff it's no longer in like a third person perspective where you're like attacking monsters and stuff like just running around freely it's now like a first person like old school a first person dungeon crawler kind of grid system hmm. so it's it's been pretty neat coley what about you what video games have you been playing um I've been playing Kirby Star Allies, and then not any, like, new games, but I've played them a lot before. I've been playing Pokémon Tournament and Minecraft. <laughs> yeah, that's I've been playing that a lot, too. Right, so you guys have both been getting back into Minecraft? Yeah, I. that's how I kind of do it, is I just go, like, I just kind of go in and out with Same. Minecraft. I just kind of fit, kind of, just kind of, it's like, oh, hey, I find this really cool again, and it just kind of... On, on an on and off kind of basis. It helps when you're playing with friends. Because yes. the one server that I'm in is with a bunch of old, like, college friends. So we've all been kind of, like, playing together. And then um, I was actually streaming it. And James was asking me about it. And he was just like, oh, man, like, Minecraft is like, yeah, we could totally play together. So <laughs> yeah, we've so been we playing, playing together. Uh, have you guys found yourself being, like, overwhelmed by, like, all the stuff that changes in between, like, your interest in the game? Because I know that's happened to me a couple times where I've, like, come back and I've been like, wow, well, there's a I lot of new things here. Part of it is when the new update hits that kind of sparks the interest to go play again. It's like, ooh, new things. Let's see what this new thing's about. Like, I think in the next update of uh, Minecraft there are... I can't remember. They're doing different stuff with wood, I think. I can't remember if they're making a new one or just making different textures for it. Um, but they're also uh, doing some changes with water. Oh, yeah. They're overhauling water. And they're adding dolphins. 
So now there'll be dolphins in Minecraft. Hmm. I have been finishing up Advance Wars 2 between the, the times that I have for it. I think I'm on, like, I've seen four sections of the game. I think there's a fifth final section where you, like, beat the bad guys um, proper. I mean, the there's, like, orange, blue, yellow, and green countries, and right now I'm in green. Um, green country hasn't been that much fun. You, it gives you these, uh, if you don't know, if you don't remember from last podcast, uh, like, the idea of Advance War 2 is you play as all these different commanders of these armies in a, like, Fire Emblem-esque turn-based strategy game where you're moving units around. And they're, like, these last ones, like, they're these levels where you have to, like, destroy these cannons, and they have, like, 99 health, and, like, there's this plain one in particular where it's just so tedious to blow up all these things because it takes at least two turns if not three to blow up any individual one and like you're in these planes so you have to position really carefully and you have to go really slow and it's just not fun and i think honestly i'm going to look up a guide not because i don't think i could figure it out but because i don't want to put in the long amount of time it would take to figure out how to do this and then execute it because it's just like it's all symmetrical, so you just do the same thing, and it just takes forever. And I feel like the game's kind of slowing down because the added difficulty is coming from just this stuff that takes longer to do. Um, and I'm hoping that that changes sort of going forward into more like units versus units instead of units versus big thing that can take a lot of damage. Um, but I hopefully I will have finished that. Uh, by the time we get to next podcast, um, I'm also planning on playing Breath of the Wild finally for the first time uh, over uh, this upcoming break uh, my school has. Uh, my friend with a Switch is going out of town, uh, and I've traded her uh, Mario Odyssey for because she just beat um, Breath of the Wild. So I'm trading her my copy of Mario Odyssey, and she's giving me her copy of Breath of the Wild, and we're both going to save $60. Are you going to, like, trade back, or are you just going to... Yeah, I'm going to trade back when we're done. Because I'm I'm probably not going to play Breath of the Wild uh, indefinitely, but I'll definitely play Mario Odyssey indefinitely. Um, But I definitely want to play it, just because it's been such a big game uh, last year. And the year-end awards are going to come up soon. And it'll be good to have played at least two video games from last year. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, that's sort of where I am. Uh, and I think I'm ready to call it a podcast if you guys are. Yeah. Fine this has been me. a very, this has been a very just like well-structured, well-organized. We hit our points. We did our thing. And now that's the end of the podcast. So we thanks thing, for listening, everybody. We said all the things we, we set out to say and it worked out in a major way. Um, okay uh it's time for the show notes at the end uh thanks for listening to the game cola podcast i'm gonna stop singing now because it's just kind of falling apart (laughs) um if you liked what you heard uh be sure to check us out on our actual internet website gamecola.net um where we post other podcasts and articles um please check out the secret of mana rpg cast it's a lot of fun comes out every two weeks and i've been having a blast Mm -hmm. um i get to play a comic relief character finally and it's my dream. <laughs> it's everything I hoped it would be. And you should listen to it, because it's great. Uh, you can also check us out on our YouTube channel, if you're not already there. Uh, GC.net, the letter G, the letter C, the word dot, and the word net. Uh, subscribe to us, and you'll get all sorts of playthroughs. Uh, all our podcasts get posted there. 
um, live stream of archives when we have them, all cool stuff like that. Um, so yeah, be sure to check that out and subscribe. Uh, if you're interested in social media type stuff, if you want social media updates for when we post new content, you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Just search Game Call and look for the guy that's face is a G, and that's that's probably us. Uh, it's it's definitely us, unless I don't think there's anyone masquerading as us. You don't know that. I don't think. I that's hope a not. Thing. I think we would have run into them by now. Yeah. Because there's not like a swath of like large scale Game Cola content for them to hide behind. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that that's where you can find us. You can listen to Anna tell you cool things about what's going on at Game Cola. If you like the podcast, the best thing that you can do for us, the absolute best, if you've been listening to the podcast for a long time and you're like, how can I help this podcast that I like so much? The two biggest things you can do are go to iTunes, subscribe to us there, and rate us highly and leave us a good review so that other people know how great a podcast you think this is. And tell your friends. If you've got a friend that you think would be interested in what we talked about in the Nintendo Direct today, another topic that we talked about in another podcast, or just this video game news-ish discussionist podcast in general, point them our way. And uh, we'd love to hear more people interested in our show. So that's the that's the best way you can help us. And if you want to hear uh, us answer your questions on podcast, be sure to email us at podcast at gamecola.net or leave us a comment on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, and we will uh, answer your question, make it a topic. And we'll have a great grand old time. Uh, thanks again for sticking around and listening to this month's podcast. We'll see you next month. Have a great time of day wherever it is that you are listening to this. And we will see you soon. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Close to 120. We're on 119. <laughs> Here we go. What's what's 120? Like what it's what significance nice is that? It's just a nice, good number, James. Oh. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I thought it was like, oh, this is our. It's divisible by a... ten. It's divisible by sixty. It's divisible <laughs> by two, three, four, five. Math with six, Joe. Let's go. Maybe eight. I don't know. And twelve. Probably not eight. Definitely not nine. <laughs> Divisible by twelve. Well, yes, obviously. It is divisible by eight and fifteen. It's a very good number, James. And I mean, very lar- have, large I'm numbers like that tend to be, large, even numbers tend to be divisible by a lot of things. <laughs> I'm glad we've already gotten our end of podcast bumper. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Uh, good work, team.